continuing our miracle series today. We're examining miracles of Jesus. Scripture tells us that Jesus traveled from one town and village to another, preaching the good news of the kingdom and performing miracles, healing, casting out demons, uh, showing the power of the kingdom. I'm excited as I'm hearing reports that God is speaking into our lives over uh, the first couple of weeks that we have been examining these miracles of Jesus. And so today our miracle is found in Luke chapter 5. And this miracle will be a, a different kind of miracle. So far we have seen a couple of healing miracles where Jesus touched someone and brought healing into their life, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Today our miracle is uh, one of the miracles where Jesus um, seems to uh, control nature, the elements of the world. It reminds us that this created world is under the authority of God. And he's going to use this miracle to uh, bring a great change into some people's lives. And I pray that he does the same for you. This is in Luke chapter 5. It says, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So Jesus is doing what he often does. He's teaching. And the crowds are pressing in to be close to hear the words that Jesus is preaching. We're told that the crowds were often amazed at the words that Jesus taught. Because he taught as one who had an authority that they had never heard before. And here Jesus is standing on the edge of the lake, and the crowd is pushing on him so much, I imagine that they are pushing him into the water itself. And he's looking for a safe place to distance himself from the crowd just a little bit, where he can have the room that he needs to sit down and teach them well. And he sees there a boat belonging to Simon. We later know this guy is Simon Peter, and then just Peter. Simon's been out fishing all night long with his buddies. That's their job. They have the night shift out on the lake fishing to bring in the food that they need to care for their family day after day after day. And Jesus sees them in from a long night of fishing. And he says, I'm going to get in your boat. And he stands on the boat just offshore just to create a little bit of space. He sits down and he teaches. Here's what happens when he's done. Verse 4, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Put out into deep water. When my kids were little, they're not so little anymore, but when they were little, uh, they loved to go swimming with their dad. That was one of the highlights of the day if we could find a swimming pool and we could spend time in it. And they love to go swimming, or may, maybe I should call it swimming. Um, they didn't want their heads to go into the water. And as long as their heads didn't go into the water, they were having a great time. It's, I don't know, it was really swimming. It was splashing around in the shallow end of the pool. One of their favorite things they loved to do was to jump off the edge of the pool and let me catch them, of course, keeping their head above the water. 
And they'd stand on the edge of the pool and they would jump into my arms and I'd put them back up and we, they would do it over and over and over until my arms turned into jello and then they would want to do it another 50 times after that. They loved it, playing around with dad in the shallow end of the pool. As long as we were in the shallow end, they were fine. Sometimes being their dad, I'd think, hey, let's go to the deep end. There's more water over there. There's more swimming to be done. There's some adventures that you can have on the deep end that you can't have in the shallow end of the pool. And so they would jump in my arms. I would hold on to them tight, and I'd say, come on, we're going to the deep end. And they would say, no, Daddy, no! <laughs> that's pretty much that's a direct quote, right? <laughs> and I'd say, okay. Sometimes I would think, no, I, I mean, I know you don't want to, but we're going to go to the deep end. You're going to find out it's okay over there. It's kind of fun. And I would start heading to the deep end with them. And they just, no, Daddy, I don't want to die. Like, I'm not going to the deep end. So I'm okay. We'll not go to the deep end today. Sometimes I think that's the way we are with Jesus. Jesus turned to Peter and said, head out into deep waters. Now, he was literally talking about going to the deeper part of the lake. But he also was calling Peter into a deeper experience of who Jesus was. And he's going to call Peter into a deeper understanding of who he is. And that's going to lead to Peter having a, a deeper a realization of what his purpose in this world is. And Jesus calls all of us into deeper waters, deeper spiritual waters, where we know Jesus more and we understand ourselves rightly in our relationship with him. And we have a better realization of what our purpose is in this life. He calls us into deep waters. And often I think we're like my kids, that Jesus says, come on, let's go into the deep end. And we go, no, Jesus, I don't want die and we forget that Jesus says that anyone who comes after him who wants to follow him must take up our cross daily that we must die to ourselves and follow him that the call to follow Jesus is always a call to come and die die to ourselves, where we come alive in who he is Jesus wants to call you into the deep end. And some of us are probably very comfortable splashing around with Jesus in the shallow end. We're happy to add a little bit of Jesus to our life. Just make it a little bit nicer and a little bit better. Jesus doesn't want us to just splash around and get a little bit of Jesus on our life. He wants to call us into the deep end where our life is immersed, where we are radically transformed through the presence of Jesus. He might be calling you into the deep end today. Jesus says to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. This makes no sense. And Simon tells him that. Verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Let me read between the lines here. Peter is saying, well, I, uh, Simon, who becomes Peter? Simon looks at Jesus and he says, now, uh, you are an amazing teacher. 
God is at work in you, and you teach as one who has authority like we've never heard before. But, Jesus, I'm a professional fisherman. <laughs> you do your thing, I'll do mine. <laughs> and Jesus, I, I hear what you're saying, deep water, put down the nets, but we've been fishing all night. That's the right time to fish. I've been fishing in the right time, in the right place, doing it the right way, and I didn't catch anything. That's what he says. Didn't catch anything. And Jesus, this is the wrong time. You don't go fishing during the day. You go at night. If we let down our nets now, this is a waste of time. It's not going to do anything. But... Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Jesus, this doesn't make any, any sense to me. In my experience, the things that I know about how the world works, what you're asking me to do doesn't make any sense. But because you say so, because I'm discovering that there's something different and special about you. That even though what you're asking me to do doesn't make any sense, I will do it. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. Sometimes the things that we discover about Jesus, about the things that he teaches us, Go against everything that we thought we've learned, everything the way that the world works. Jesus tells us to die to ourselves so that we can come alive. Jesus tells us to love our enemies and to pray for those who want to harm us. And this stuff doesn't make any sense. Is that Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. So Peter felt that he said, because you say so. When we discover the, who, something about who Jesus is, that he has a power and authority that we don't have, we'll begin to say, okay, Jesus, this doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But because you're the one who's saying to do this, I'll give it a try. My friend David um, He's a pastor and a denominational executive. And his dad was a pastor and a denominational executive before him. And when David was little, he uh, was in his room and thought he heard God speaking to him. And so he runs out, he runs out and tells him, Dad, Dad, I, God was just talking to me. And his dad, without missing a beat, just said, said just say yes. He has no idea what God was telling Dave. He doesn't know what God might have been asking him to do. He didn't care. If it was God who was speaking to him, the answer was say yes. Well, that's a because you say so. When God speaks, our job is not to understand. It's not to evaluate it according to our experience. It's to say because you say so, my answer is yes. When God speaks, we just simply have to say yes. Yes, Lord. I will follow where you call. I will do what you say to do. I will say yes because you are the Lord and I am not. 
Because you say so, Peter says. I will let down the nets. Verse 6, when they had done so, because you say so, must be followed by when they had done so. Jesus is about to do something amazing in Peter's life. And it is so important that his because you say so was followed by a when they had done so. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. There's the miracle. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. This is a catch that fishermen would dream about. This is a life-changing day at work. It's not, it's not the kind of day that just gets you from one day to the next. It's not the kind of work day that helps you to get a little bit ahead on your bills. This is the kind of day that can radically alter the trajectory of your life. He caught so many fish that when they pulled them in, they just filled and the boat began to fish and then more fish and then more fish all coming into the boat. And it's so full, the boat begins to sink under the water. That's a lot of fish. <laughs> I mean, how many fish have you caught at one time? Think about your biggest day fishing, your best catch of fish. Did the boat ever start to sink? Were you even close to that? <laughs> And not only is their boat starting to sink, Simon has to call his partner over. Hey, I need some help out here. And they start loading fish in the second boat, and it is so full that it starts to sink too. Peter fishing at the wrong time of day, in the wrong place, doing it the wrong way because Jesus told him to do it, sees a miracle happen in his midst, and they bring in so much fish that they can't even imagine the number of fish. They never expected they would ever have a catch like this. And this is going to change their life forever. But when did this happen? It didn't happen when Jesus told them to let down the nets. It didn't happen when Simon said, I'll do it even though it doesn't make sense. When Simon said, because you say so, that's not when it happened. It only happened when they had done so. When they did what Jesus asked. Your yes to Jesus must be followed by obedience. That's our bottom line for today. Your yes to Jesus must be followed by obedience. It's not uncommon for Allison to remind me that the trash needs to go out. And when she says, Pat, could you please take the trash out? I say... Yes. <laughs> she doesn't particularly care that I said yes. What she cares about is that the trash gets out. And if I say yes, and then I take the trash out, 
Well, then I've done what she expected and things are good. <laughs> Sometimes she'll say, honey, can you take the trash out? And I say, yes. But then I don't take the trash out. <laughs> At least not right away. Uh, sometimes she'll have to ask me to take the trash out again, and I'll say, well, I said yes. I mean, there's no need for you to ask me every two days. <laughs> My yes in that moment doesn't mean anything unless I do what I said I would do. It is easy for us to say yes to Jesus. But our yes to Jesus doesn't do much for us or for him or for our world if our yes isn't followed up by obedience, by doing what we said we would do. Your yes to Jesus must be followed by obedience, and that is when God is able to do amazing things in your life and through you amazing things in the world. Peter and his fishing partners brought in a life-changing catch of fish that they more than they ever would have uh, expected to catch. And it wasn't when Jesus commanded them to let down the nets. It wasn't when they said, yes, Jesus, I'll do it. It was only when their yes was followed by obedience and they did what Jesus told them to do that a miracle took place and their lives were radically changed. The same is true for you. If you've said yes to Jesus, but you haven't followed with obedience, don't be surprised when the miracle doesn't happen. They filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Whew. Suddenly, when this miracle takes place, this is, this is Simon winning the lottery. This is, this is Simon getting uh, an, an, a huge, huge unforeseen work bonus. But when they get their boats up on shore, their focus is not on winning the lottery. See, remember, this fishing was their livelihood. The fish was their paycheck. And they had caught more than they ever imagined. They have it made. They're going to sell this fish. They're going to have, have it made to take care of their family for a long time to come. They just won the lottery. But now they get up on shore and they're not thinking about their lottery winnings at all. They're thinking about Jesus. See, they always thought, oh, if I could just catch a few more fish, then, then life would be okay. Lord, if you just, just give us a bigger catch than normal and get, give a little extra, like that would be amazing. And they finally get, they finally win the lottery. They get what they've always dreamed of getting. And now they pull up on shore and they're not thinking about that at all. They're thinking about Jesus. We want the miracle, but what we need is Jesus. 
And so often when you get the miracle, what you discover is more about who Jesus is and more about who you are, and you don't longer focused on the miracle. You're focused on the Lord of the miracle. And Jesus, Peter not only learns something about who Jesus is in this moment, but he realizes who he is. Simon Peter cries out, Lord, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. See, he realizes who he is now. He's not who Jesus is. Maybe for most of Simon's life, he'd been measuring him himself against his neighbors, against the other guys, his buddies, and kind of thought, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm not that guy. Whew. Did you hear what he did? Oh, I want to talk about a sinner. Oh. Look at my neighbor, let me tell you. That <laughs> me, you know, compared to him, I'm a pretty good guy. But Simon's no longer looking at his neighbor, he's looking at Jesus. <laughs> and he realized that there's something in Jesus that he does not have. There's an authority, there's a power, there's a goodness, there's a holiness in Jesus that Peter doesn't have. And he suddenly realizes that he is in the presence of a God moment. God showed up at Peter's job. What? What if, what if God showed up at your job? You know, I gotta come to church on Sunday morning so I can meet with Jesus, absolutely. This is a special time and place that we have set apart to meet with Jesus. Don't stop doing that. But we also need to realize that Jesus can show up on your job too. And in your school, when you're cooking a meal, when you're changing diapers, when you're paying taxes, God can show up. <laughs> when God shows up, it changes everything. Simon now is no longer looking at anyone else. He's looking at Jesus and he's thinking, God just showed up and I am in trouble. If Peter, Simon Peter knew anything, he knew that sinful people cannot be in the presence of a holy God. The Old Testament has made that very clear, and Simon has learned this since he was little. When Isaiah realizes he's in the presence of God, he cries out, Woe to me! I am ruined! Peter discovers he's in the presence of a holy God. And he thinks he's about to be destroyed because he now knows he is a sinful person. When he compares himself to Jesus, he realizes he doesn't measure up so much. When we come into the presence of Jesus, we not only know more about who he is, but we understand who we are. He is God and we are not. He is holy and we are not. And we need something of him in our life. Go away from me, Lord, Peter cried out. I am a sinful man. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. Jesus is saying, Duh, you're a sinner? You don't think I, I already knew that? Like, you think I thought you were perfect? You think I thought you were the Son of God? No, I know that's not you, that's me. You're like, don't be afraid. Like, I'm not about to zap you. <laughs> I'm not going to kill you right here. 
You're right, you're a sinner. But God has a purpose for your life. Peter, if you'll just surrender to what God has for you, then what is true about you right now can be transformed. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Jesus says, Simon, you're right, you're a sinner. You're not living the life that God designed for you. He has something better in mind for you. And you thought your job was to catch fish. God is calling you into the deep end. And he wants to send you to fish for people, to reach other souls for the kingdom of God, to teach them what you are learning today. So, verse 11, so they pulled up their boats on shore, left everything, and followed him. Jesus said, let down your nets for a catch. Peter said, that doesn't make any sense, but because you say so, I will do it. When they had done so, they caught such a large catch of fish that their boats began to sink. They bring those up on shore. It says they left everything and followed Jesus. What did they leave? (laughs) Everything. Simon and his buddies had just won the lottery. Financially, it's going to change their life. And they suddenly realize that's not what they need anymore. And they left everything. I've often wondered what happened to that catch of fish. The Bible says nothing about it. From this point forward, it doesn't matter. Did somebody wander on the beach later in the day and discover two boats overflowing with fresh fish? Like, score! Did they sell them? Did their lives get changed radically through financial blessing? And we have no idea. Did they sit there in the sun until they rotted? We don't know. Because what Simon and his partners thought they needed when they came in the presence of Jesus, they discovered they didn't need that anymore. What they needed was more of Jesus. To be with him and to follow their, uh, his purpose for their life. Do you ever think, if I just had this, then my life would be okay? Often it's if I just had a little bit more money. If I could just get this job, if they they would just give me the raise that I deserve, because of course we always deserve the raise. If I could just win the lottery, I don't know how many times I've thought, if I could just win the lottery. Now I know, you got to play the lottery to win the lottery, so I'm... It's really crazy thinking. If, if someone else would just play the lottery and give me the ticket and then I would win, then my life would be set. Like there would be no more trouble. But I don't need to win the lottery. My God is the God who's got cattle on a thousand hills. Everything that was created is under his authority and control. I don't need more money. I don't need to win the lottery. I need more Jesus in my life. Oh, if I could just have this relationship, or if I could just get out of the relationship I'm in, then life would be better. No, what you need is Jesus. 
if I could just get my next fix. Then I'll feel okay for a while. Oh, you don't want to feel okay for a while. You want Jesus to transform your life so that you understand who you are and who he is and you're okay for eternity. Jesus might be calling some of you into the deep end today. And man, our first thought is, oh, Jesus, I don't want to go any deeper than this. <laughs> like, just let me sit in my pew and feel good for a few minutes. No. Jesus wants to call you deeper. If the Holy Spirit is speaking into your life, then be like Peter and say yes. And then follow up your yes with obedience. And when you obey, expect Jesus to reveal who he is and who you are. And that will radically change your perspective on life. Jesus is calling you into the deep. Now, when my kids didn't want me to take them into the deep end, there's two things they didn't know that I did that would have radically changed their perspective. The first thing they didn't know is that when I took them into the deep end, even though the water was over their head, it wasn't over mine. My feet were firmly planted on the bottom of the pool the entire time. They were not in any danger because I had them. Here's the other thing they didn't know, that in the shallow end, even in the shallow end, the water was over their head. And if I wasn't with them in the shallow end, even there where they felt safe, they would have drowned. I, I don't care how deep God is calling you today. If he is calling you to a place where you feel that you are over your head and you will surely drown, know this, God's feet can always touch the bottom. There is never a place where you will go in this life that is so deep that God cannot touch the bottom and hold you safely. No matter how high the water is over your head, it is not over God's. And you are safe when he has you in the deep end. The other thing you need to know is even in the shallow end of life where you think you're safe, if it wasn't for God's presence, even there you would drown. So let him, let him call you into the deep. And experience the reality of a life that Jesus has in mind for you. God, I pray this morning for anyone in this congregation who you are calling into the deep today, into a deeper understanding of who you are. Maybe into a deeper obedience to the things you have been calling them to. Maybe into a deeper awareness of who they are, that they need Jesus in their life, that they are not okay without Jesus. Lord, maybe you're calling them into deeper service for your kingdom where their life priorities are changed. Maybe, Lord, you're, you're calling them into a deeper assurance that more money isn't what they need or new relationships or new phase of life. But, Lord, what they need is just more of you in their life. Lord, if you were calling anyone into the deep today, I pray that you would give them the courage to say yes and then to follow where you lead with obedience and that that
that would transform their lives. Speak, Lord, for we are listening. And we tell you even now, yes, because you say so.